Is It Transphobic? will be addressing issues of transphobia and transmisogyny. We may also address issues of racism, classism, ableism, and various other intersectional issues in this podcast. So this is a trigger warning. The panelists on Is It Transphobic? will also use strong language. So listener discretion is advised. Hey everyone, as you probably heard by the sleigh bells, it is around Christmas time. Uh, at least this is the last episode that we are going to be putting out before the new year. I know, sad, right? Don't worry about it though, because we'll be back in the new year. I think December has three Thursdays, so it's going to be a little while. Maybe I'll try and get a uh, really fun mini episode out uh, before the end of December, uh, before New Year's, who knows? But uh, yeah, either way, I want to thank you so much for listening. And a huge thank you and shout out to Dan Baker. Dan is a friend of one of our uh, contributors, and he reached out to me asking if he could help with any audio stuff, and I, of course, said, please do. So Dan Baker actually did the editing on this episode. Uh, and so if you want to find him on Instagram, he is at Dan Baker is okay. <laughs> and you can find his music on friendsindistraction.bandcamp.com. So, you know, check out some of Dan Baker's stuff. Uh, I also want to thank you for anyone who came out to see my show, Falsehoods, Fallacies, and Fairy Tales through Step 1 Theater. We had a mostly sold out run, which was amazing. And also anyone who came out to see and support Phoenix's show, Augmenting Dysphoria. Uh, now, Phoenix is definitely trying to and hoping to put this on again in the future, uh, as I was busy putting on my show and they were busy putting on their own show. So our paths, unfortunately, didn't cross at each other's shows, but we're hoping that uh, we can get out and do it again. Today we have a obscure... And recent as in, within the last 30 years, gem called Mixed Nuts. Now this has a lot of elements that should work. It really should. It has Steve Martin starring. It has Adam Sandler in it. It has a lot of elements that at least on some level should work. And they absolutely do not. So I'm not going to take up any more of your time. Here is the last episode, the last official episode of Is It Transphobic for this year, the year of 2016, Mixed Nuts. It's Christmas time! <laughs> That's all I had. That's all I had. I usually have more, uh, but I feel like all right. Let me let me try. Let me try a real one. <laughs> I was into it. I, was, I mean, it's not, I'm not saying that I'm gonna ditch this. I'm just saying let me try a real terrible was, joke opener like oh, I usually yes. do. There was some lingering uh, from ha- from, uh, from the Rocky one there. Yeah, there was some linger over there yeah. on that one. <laughs> um, so. We're entering a world of uh, walking candy canes, John Stewart, mo- rollerblading vigilantes, and 
suicide hotlines that kill more people than they save. Today, we're asking, is mixed nuts transphobic? I am, of course, Ashley Lauren Rogers. I use she, her pronouns, and today I'm being joined by... Hi, I'm Ian Field-Stewart. I use they, them, their pronouns. And I'm Bear Spiegel. I also use they, them, their pronouns. Fantastic. So, have either of you watched this movie before? No, this was my first time watching it, and what a joy that was. What a holiday treat. Oh, yeah. I think that the the theme of this film so far has been that no one has seen it. (laughs) (laughs) And I count myself among them. This is my first time seeing it. Yeah. Uh, So, quick little story. The reason that I chose this one, A, because when we release this, it's going to be very close to the actual uh, date of Christmas. And... Also, this was one of the, and there are multiple times that I say this is one of the first times I've seen a piece with trans people in it, Uh, but that's true. This was one of the formative pieces that said to me, this is what a trans person is. Uh, I watch, yeah, if you probably can't see it on the podcast, but the face Bear is making is priceless. Uh, (laughs) Not very helpful for a podcast. No, not at all. (laughs) But, yeah, this was one of the first pieces of media that I watched that had a prominent trans character in it. So, who wants to try and tackle a quick and dirty uh, synopsis? I'll I'll give it a shot. Okay. Um, Basically, they created a film about Christmas time in LA and then, you know, resurrected the careers of basically every single white male nineties comedian that has ever lived and put them all in a film with Madeline Kahn and pretended that they were all equal to her talent. The actual plot being, uh, (laughs) those are just the things that stuck out to me. Right. Um, But the actual plot being, um, they're working at a suicide hotline, the the rent is due, and they're going to be evicted if they don't get $5,000. And shenanigans ensue around Christmas trees, and oh, and and love, love lost, and love wanted, and unrequited love, and, uh, and stuck elevators, and just... I don't know if I'm doing a good job yeah. of this. No, like, it's, it's okay. Really difficult. <laughs> it's, There's uh, not much of a plot. No. So, like, you're doing a great job. It's a weird... Because it's a farce. And you definitely get that impression by the way that they're acting and how right. many moving parts there are. But it's hard to tell what the farce actually is other than there's a killer on the loose and... These folks are just trying to have a Merry Christmas and the things that are stopping them from doing that. I think another one of the elements that confused me about the film was that the, the setting itself didn't seem to match the characters. I don't know if that, I don't know if that makes sense, but it's like, yes, they were trying to like in their acting, they were bringing this very farcical nature to what they were doing, but it didn't really mirror the setting in any way like the setting was very it felt very heavy and dark yeah. and to have it played up and and i think that sometimes you can use that effectively but mm. in this way it just it, it was very off-putting it just felt like it didn't know what it wanted to present mm-hmm. like it 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 was too dark in <laughs> concept 
but not at all like a dark or a black comedy. And um, I'm sorry, Bear, because yeah. I kind of cut you off really quick, but go ahead, because I know oh, you had a I point, mean, too. I think it's really interesting to try to create a comedy at a suicide hotline, which I think is totally doable. They just didn't do it right. I think you hmm. totally could create a comedy that takes place in a suicide hotline and do it well, but... They did not do that. Yeah, I, at feel, all. I felt like I felt like the the comedy that they were trying to um, portray became less about like I feel like an effective way to have like a comedy at a suicide hotline would be you know the people themselves being in need of help right. and they're trying to be the helpers and they kind of did this and that but ended up making the people who are calling into the hotline the joke. Yeah, that's which, exactly I, what I was which thinking. I felt was like a really sort of like there were like I, I wish that I had more. Um, dialogue around the, around ableism because I felt that there were so many elements within this particular on mental health oh that I God. wanted to like unpack and I don't know that I have the the, the, the education that I wanted to have to really speak as an expert on it but just mm. like just sitting as a person who's like you know lived in this world as a you know queer black and trans person I think I could speak just like something of the element of like mental health is like something you should be cognizant of when creating a film mm. and it, it I don't know if I don't know if you guys got that either or you folks got that either but it's like I felt this this pull of being like why why are we making this joke and what mm. is the joke that's being made well, and particularly for L.A., if you've been in L.A. for five minutes, <laughs> yeah. My you... or 18 years, LOL. <laughs> or, or 18 years. Bear, you can probably speak to this a oh, lot better. God. This felt like a New York movie. That, that so... I forgot that it was in L.A. because at the beginning I was like, LOL, L.A., I remember that. But then, like, for most of the movie, I felt like they were in New York, and I was so confused. Yeah. And, I, and then they went back on the streets, and I was like, oh, no, wait, it is L.A. Like, there was no reason it 100%. had to be L.A. Like, I don't. Yeah. Steve Martin just really likes to do, because he's from L.A., so he likes to do movies in L.A. Mm. I 100% agree with that. It had, like, I think that speaks to the element I was talking about with the setting of this very, you know, dense, like, because usually films that take place in New York are a little denser or darker, have, right. or at least they play off of that setting. Either they glamorize it, or, you know, they it, it has, like, this, like, heavy setting, you know? Mm. And mm-hmm. I, I felt like, they, I felt like, it must have been, like, a New York filmmaker. I, I don't, I didn't do the research to know that, but, it, like, I felt like it was Nora a New York Efron filmmaker. Nora Ephron was the director, which was very disappointing to yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Nora Ephron's usually pretty badass, but yikes. <laughs> <laughs> yup. Um, there was, uh, so I, I looked up a couple of, um, critics, like a couple of critical analysis of this, <laughs> and there were some gems. Uh, mm. actually, Roger Ebert had probably the nicest thing to say about really? it. Really? Still, still panned it. I mean, he me. still panned it, Yeah. but he did it in a way that was respectful, which was essentially saying that there were too many clowns. And the idea was Mm. that there's just too much of everyone being, uh, and this was not part of his quote, but he was kind of insinuating there are too much uh, people that are all at 10 at all times, and there was no depth. And That's so true. mm -hmm. It's like, (laughs) to make a weird comparison, I was really mad when they made the fourth parts of the Caribbean movie making Jack Sparrow the main character, because you can't make the character actor the main character it doesn't make sense you lose the whole story so when every single uh, character is like you said a 10 or above Mm. you lose the story and I mean I thought a lot of the actors actually gave really good performances but it's hard to pay attention or have sympathy for any of these characters because they're all such caricatures yeah 
and not to sound too pretentious, but like thinking of like the elements of farce that are coming out of like you know the Commedia dell'arte form, like there's usually to offset all of these larger than life characters is the for lack of a better term, transphobic audience, uh, the straight, straight man, the straight guy, you know? <laughs> the straight guy who um, is playing off of these elements and can kind of be your guide, mm-hmm. the, the audience's guide through this in, through this strange world of being like, what what is going on? Mm-hmm. And that character really wasn't present. They all seem to be living within the same world. And I mean, I think Madeline Kahn's character was the closest we got to. See, the I think person. Steve mm-hmm. Martin was supposed to be the straight man. And, like, for the first, like, mm. few minutes, I was like, yeah, I guess he is. But then he also goes crazy. Right. Um, and the Madeline Kahn character just becomes a caricature of anxiety, which was so funny. LOL, anxiety <laughs> is hilarious. Mm. What a joy. I got the feeling that Steve Martin was supposed to be the straight man, which is a bad choice because Steve Martin can't play the straight man? Unless, I, I was going to say, unless he makes a specific choice and says, I can only do this as I'm the straight man. Right. Like, I'm thinking of uh, Robin Williams in The Birdcage. Mm-hmm. Like, he said no if I play... Because he was initially offered the Nathan Lane character, right. and he said no if I play that, I'm going to offend so many people, I need yeah. to play the straight man. Right. And because he made a specific choice to do that, he did a great job. Yeah. Steve Martin did not. Oh, I mean, I'm also going to out myself now uh, mm-hmm. that I, I I was thinking back when I was watching this. I was like, what Steve Martin films have I seen? And I'm pretty sure it's only Bringing Down the House. And I've I think that's the that only one. one that I've actually been fond of. And I think that's just mm-hmm. because of my deep and like powerful love for Queen Latifah. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've just never been very, I've never been very attracted to that brand of comedy mm-hmm. in general. And I think that's why it's very interesting to watch films like these because they just don't appeal to me. I don't. I don't find them very amusing, and that's not to judge this style of comedy because I've seen it be very effective, and I actually mm. have found that you know, like, oh, I don't necessarily guffaw at this, but I do find it amusing. You know, I understand why people find this funny. Yeah. But yeah, Steve Martin just has never done it for me, and even in this one, I mean, especially in this one, <laughs> I just kind of said, yes, and <laughs> this was this was a chore to watch. This was the first one mm-hmm. that I've picked up that I had to. I took a 12-hour break, like, maybe an hour in. I was just like, I need to play a video game. And then I did. And then I didn't come back to it until earlier today because I was just putting it off. Yeah. Yeah. It was odd. There was a quality to it. It almost feels like the best description I have for it is an over-directed community theater. And I don't want to say That's that to... brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. But I also don't want to... Because I've directed community theater. I've worked in community theater. I love the, the community aspect of it. But it is like there is... This was a group of people that did not know how to give it soul and give it life, but they knew what they were doing. They were all too focused on their own character rather Mm. than the relationship between the characters. Yeah. Um, Although, I thought Juliet... First of all, I love Juliet Lewis. Oh, yeah. She is a babe. I adore her. She's a Mm. great actor, actress, whatever she wants to be called. Um, And I actually thought she was the only one actually interacting with the other people in the movie she actually had emotions to share with people they didn't really give it back to her but like she was actually 
connecting. See, funny enough, because I think it was her and uh, Liev Schreiber who we will obviously get to. Wait, which uh, one is Liev Schreiber? The yeah, trans can we, can woman. Aha, uh-huh. great. great. Can, yeah. we give, can we give character names? Because I'm terrible with actor names. See, I don't know I don't even remember what... The, I can't remember character names or actor yeah. names. Which one did she play? The Juliette one Lewis like... is the pregnant one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, oh. Sorry, again, podcast. Sorry. But yeah, Sorry, podcast no. audience. My yeah. eyes rolled back into my head. There was yeah. some shade. There was some shade being thrown at my babe. I feel like, yeah, I feel like uh, Juliette Lewis, the pregnant woman, and uh, Leave Schreiber, the one playing the trans woman, were definitely like doing the best. And I real and I realize that I'm saying that. <laughs> The bar is not set high. The bar is not too high. No, it's not. Um, but also that said, let's talk about Liev Schreiber's okay. character, since this is, is it transphobic? And oh, wow. his character is the reason that we're actually sitting down and watching this damn movie. That sharp-ass Bob, though. Yeah. For what reason was Wait. that Bob? Like, just Oh my god, yeah. her hair, like, yeah. You could have mm. cut people with it. I had no <laughs> idea why. <laughs> I was like, "What are you doing? Why is that on this?" Like, oh, I liked at first, her hair. at first, I kind of got into it because I was like, "Okay, we going for like this like Elvira ass look. I'm living for it." But, but what on earth was happening? Like, I just could not. I could not really let myself go there. I didn't know what to think of this character. I felt like half the time. I was like, absolutely, so, absolutely, so I feel this. And the other I, time I was like, no. Because I didn't want to cut you off oh, no, no, either, no, but I wanted to show you, uh, give you a visual as well. The the two inspirations that I think they were going for. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't do the research, but I think they were going for the crying game. Because oh if God. you look at the, the so movie real. poster, that's 100% yeah, that's the look. Hair. But also... And I'm gonna quadruple check, but I believe but Julie her body Andrews. Was shorter than that. Absolutely. Vic- oh yeah. Was in Victor Victoria or oh, what just was Julie Andrews? No, as not Julie Andrews. Who who was the one? Oh man. Liza the, Minnelli. The, the, no, maybe She's Liza. Sometimes has a bob. because uh, I was thinking like there's who's the? Oh man, the the gay male community is gonna kill me for this. <laughs> who is the? Who is that person who was Dorothy? Judy Garland. Judy Garland. Judy Garland. Liza Minnelli's mom. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> You're going to need to edit that part out. Absolutely. <laughs> Hold on. Because the cis gays are going to come for you. All the cis white queens are going to be coming out here. Just think, like, oh, as she got read. older, there were yeah, pictures yeah, yeah, of her. Yeah, like, yeah. And that's where. That. I yeah, I know that. what you're yeah. talking about. I could see mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I mean, but like, I but this this particular Bob was mm-hmm. giving me, like, had it, had, had it been an inch shorter in any direction, it would have mm. been, like, that that bob that we don't talk about that Beyonce got when she got those Ooh. bangs, like yeah. it was just it was just mm. it was just a disaster. Mm. But 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 getting to the actual character, now that we're done, now that we're done, yeah. I felt I felt like there were some really interesting moments. Like there there was um the moment like about an hour into the film mm. and. I'm going to forget character names, but she says, like, you know, someone left her cape. And then mm. Steve Martin in his cis hetness is just like, you know, someone left his cape. And she's like, really, Philip? And I was like, oh, is this a, where are you, are you validating this person's identity? Like, it was, mm. a, there were some, there were some moments of, like, you know, like, and we didn't see this character not have a relationship. Mm. This person mm-hmm. found love in some kind of way and was seen as desirable. However, strangely, we arrived at that conclusion, mm. even though it was, like and and then 
juxtaposing that was also the fact that, you know, this person gets shot randomly. There are lots of like yeah. references to genitalia that are completely out of out of the world of the piece, I thought. Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all felt that same way, but it was just like, I was like, that didn't necessarily need, need to, to be there. there. Mm. It just, it, it felt cheap and it wasn't that funny. Like there are better, like, you know, someone getting kicked in the genitals jokes that could be made. And this was not effective. Like there was yeah, even was a, an almost like <laughs> off to the side genital hit joke. Yeah. Later yes. in the film. Like, yeah. And it was I just was like, like, why? Why, you need to go why there? was that? Like, yeah. It, huh. it, yeah. It seems so ineffective <laughs> that like, but, but I will say that I did think it was interesting that, um, a cis woman was portrayed as being calling out another cis man mm-hmm. in mm. his invalidation of this trans woman. Yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting that we, you know, that this this cis woman is saying, "Look, really, you're gonna you're gonna abuse another woman," and it, it, that was an interesting moment, and that kind of made me sit there for a second of, "Huh, okay." I mean, there are so many other problematic moments that occur, and yet this was. It almost made it so that it felt like the film was was not necessarily making this commentary about the character, but rather that the abuse of this character was used to say this guy, this person is a, still a jerk. Mm. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I wrestled with myself a lot with that. Yeah, because there's there's definitely a lot of good things that happen, mm-hmm. but yeah, like I just I couldn't help but focus on all the. The Steve Martin trying to dance with this character oh and so yeah, doing the thing where like the mm-hmm. Steve Martin movements where his genitals are always at least like a foot or two away. away. Yeah, <laughs> like, and then I th- I thought it was really sweet when he kind of let himself go and he let himself dance with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't even know her name. She doesn't what have is her a name. name. Yeah. I don't think she, they never use her name. They only give her her no, dead name. No, Chris. Chris? Oh, her okay. Her name is Chris. Okay. The Adam Sandler is, is that the, character. Is that oh, her right. family? No, is she that... says, uh, he, when she and Adam and Sandler are oh, talking, okay. she's that's like, right, what's your right. name? And she says, Chris. And then he sings the song of Chris. I wonder if your name starts with a K or a C. Oh, mm. that's right. That's right. <laughs> Thank you. Memory. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> For once in memory. my life. <laughs> but this also shows how little they care about mm. humanizing this character mm. because they really don't ever want us to know. Although I can't really say that because I don't know any of the characters' names. It was a very forgettable thing. Yeah, so. I don't remember most of the characters' names. Yeah. Can we talk about pronouns for Chris? Chris never really gives pronouns. It's. I feel uh, like it's assumed that it's she, hers pronouns. Right. That's what but... people default to, but no one ever asks her. And right. she, they never say anything about their own pronouns. Okay. If you want for for discussion, why don't we we can stick with they, even we'll though they, they yeah, yeah that okay that's perfectly that. that, that yeah. Works for me. Yeah. Um. So can we talk about their trash ass family? Yes. Because they, what I thought that was a really interesting scene. Was that? Jesus. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. Like, that, was the, that was a moment when the film suddenly became like oh, like it, it hit me in my stomach a mm. little bit. Just like, like, I I have no idea why this family called them, you know, Arnold, Arnold, Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger. I was like, there is, I mean, I, don't, I bear in mind, I don't know Arnold's career that well. I just know he did things, you know, mm. but I, like, I just, I have no idea what, 
what was the what was the reference point for this well, I, comparison? I think their dead name is Arnold. That's what which I think is what it they was. were trying to yeah, say. Oh. And so the family oh. is not respecting the fact yeah. that they don't want to be called that name. Oh. And so the Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger, why aren't you staying for Christmas? I don't know yeah. why I'm doing a stereotypical Jewish voice for staying because for Christmas. Might as well. But um yeah, like you know, like what like so I think that was sort of a, a fun name that he would have with his uh, child because he named his child Arnold, and then Arnold Schwarzenegger got big. Yeah. But then uh, Chris taking their bag and leaving to a chorus of the entire family, little kids, oh, brothers, God. sisters, a, Arnold. a sweet old granny playing on the piano, Arnold. Arnold, and then like the, the music even became ominous in that moment. Yeah, and, was a, like, and then it became silent, and then they went back to seeing Christmas Carols. Mm-hmm. It was this very strange moment, and I, I didn't know how to address it or unpack it for myself. I mm. was part of me was thinking, oh, that was intentional. Another part of me was like that they that was just part of their supposed farce. I get, I, I have no idea. I. <sighs> My thing with the, her, their whole characters, there were parts that were really great and, like, humanizing the trans experience, and there were parts that were awful. And honestly, I thought that was one of those moments that humanized the trans experience, mm. showing how mm. shitty it is to be trans in a family that doesn't accept you. Another moment I actually enjoyed was when Steve Martin first meets her, them, uh, and they're talking about their voice, and they're like, oh, my voice is off-putting. And, like, that's something... I know a lot of trans people struggle with is their voice not matching yeah. their body. Mm. So I thought that was a really interesting scene where like they actually brought up a few issues that trans people face. And so I thought there were a few actually humanizing moments of, of their character. Not many, but there were, there were a few and I, I appreciated that. You know what it kind of felt like? It kind of felt like there was a trans person who was on the creative team in some mm-hmm. capacity mm. who was in, in the same way that we see these problematic films about race. And there are certain moments that are like, oh, wait, that's a that, that they got that part right. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and you and you and it's because they had that one token person there. Right. Who like was just like, I'm going to keep my mouth shut about the other things. But this family just... thing, we got to get this one right. Yeah. Mm. You know, and and. I, I I have no idea, but I wonder if that was maybe part of it. Maybe, hmm. yeah. Because, you know, did 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 you did that res- does that resonate? I was for, curious I about that too, because hmm. like, oh god, she could have been so much worse. She could have portrayed been portrayed so like, mm-hmm. definitely not the worst trans character I've seen portrayed in a movie. Yeah. Not the best, but oh. definitely far from the worst. Like they could have made her terrible. And um, I, and I think part of it and. I'm probably going to get a little bit of flack for saying this, <laughs> is because Liev Schreiber is a really good actor. <laughs> and so much of what was brought to this character were little things that Liev Schreiber were, yeah. was doing. But the reason that I think that people are going to come for me after that is because <laughs> Liev Schreiber is a cis dude. Oh, of course. I mean, And he's portraying a trans woman, and that... Uh, I think across the board, we can say, yeah, that shouldn't be happening. But since we're watching this, we can analyze it. Right. I, I think he did the at least enough of the work to know that in this screwball comedy about people who are suicidal, he should maybe, you know, do a little research. Yeah. So. I mean, he clearly did more research than fucking... 
What's his face? Steve Martin? No, no, no. <laughs> What's his Adam face? Adam Sandler? No, from Dallas Buyers Club. <laughs> oh, Jared, Jared Leto. Leto. Yeah. He obviously did more research than fucking Jared Leto. <laughs> <but> like, <laughs> Last time. <laughs> I just hate him so much. Like, All right, I well, I know, I know you are going to be on the Dallas Buyers Club panel. I actually haven't that. seen the movie because I heard but such I terrible <laughs> things about it. So, sidebar, yeah. uh, this may stay, this may get edited out, but um, Dallas Buyers Club is the movie that made me want to do this podcast because I had a two-hour-long conversation with a person who was saying, you can't say that this movie is transphobic because you haven't seen it. See, I had that conversation, too, and I was like, you know what? I had friends see it. I read a lot of articles about it. I don't want to watch it because I already yeah. know it's transphobic. Mm-hmm. To someone in my class today fucking bought out that movie, and someone was like, oh, yeah, and I just went, fuck that movie. Fuck <laughs> Dallas Buyers Club. <laughs> and everyone just ignored me, as usual, and I was like, all right, let's yeah, talk about it. doing like, their thing. Yep. Yeah, I say stuff like that a lot. In class. Right. But, anyway. back, but back to the movie. <laughs> back to, we're actually back talking to, about. Back to Mixed Nuts. Merry Christmas. Thank oh, you. Um, <laughs> man, this this was just like a, a time capsule, too, because they have like the old-timey, and I say old-timey, but it's only like 10 to 20 years ago, phones. <laughs> <Ew. laughs> or they're like, uh, click, the, click the receiver. It's like, she's like, oh, I don't have one. Yeah. Or when they were the touchstone, she's like, well, I don't have a touchstone phone. I'm like, Yeah, like, who doesn't have a touchstone phone? Like, wait a second, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, can we, can we mm-hmm. take a moment just yes. to talk no. about the utter sheer whiteness of this film? Yeah, I, I, was there a single me. non-white person in this entire yes, film? The, the random black choir on the street as yes. he drove by on his bicycle. <laughs> So that sounds exactly and like LA and having a grand old time outside I didn't even notice that for Sunday's like service <laughs> like I could not I mean bear you've lived in LA that's like wall to wall white people right Oh totally yeah. of course yeah. oh you know, no. just cuz California you know right. of course all the white people are there Like yeah, yeah, yeah. there are a lot of white people but there's not that many white people <laughs> yeah. like I've did never also, seen that many white people Did you also notice that the the soundtrack was almost primarily made up of people of color, and yet there were no people of color You're in this film. You're so right. So many mm. of the songs were, like, the Christmas s- songs were chosen, like, mm-hmm. I... They specifically chose like, the versions yes, that are sung by, people, sung of by people of color. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yes, because they're the best versions, but, <laughs> like, <laughs> but I mean, it, it was, I was, I was watching the film and just, I kept on, like, you know, hearing the soundtrack and be like, oh, yes, I love this song. Yes, yeah. yes. And I was like, wait a minute. Where, but where, why aren't we on the screen then? If you love uh, us singing so much, why don't you put us on the damn screen? Hmm. I mean, I know the answer to that, but you know, <laughs> for the transphobic audience, uh, I think I didn't know. I, I do know. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> transphobic so, podcast audience. Right. Great. You, <laughs> you, you got there. You we got it. We got it. <laughs> so the only other character that was uh, seemingly non-white was one of the callers, the caller who kept calling in, asking to see, uh, asking to talk to we a woman. Oh, yes, I didn't know. One... Oh, I thought they were just French. I didn't assume they were of color. I was, see, I, was, I, I, got, I was hearing I got a Cheech Marin impression. Yeah, like that's I, mm-hmm. That was a super Cheech Marin impression. Yep. That was what I was at, too. And it was definitely a white dude, because I researched oh, that. Oh, yeah. Or at the very least... Most definitely. I, yeah, I did enough research to know that he definitely does not have any kind of... Uh, like, he, he, it's a white dude. It's a white yeah, dude. Yeah, it's of a white it dude. Of course no, it's a white it doing a Cheech Marin impression yeah. harassing women. God, like, that... 
Thank you so much for bringing that up because that was on uh-huh. the forefront of my brain. And <laughs> it, I just was so exhausted with that. I was like, really, there's there's nothing else you could have said. There's nothing else you could have done. There, like, of, of course, this... Oh, God. But speaking of voices, though, uh, on the phone, I just <clears throat> shifted entirely. But it, it, when the second that I heard Lee Schreiber... Lee Schreiber, Schreiber, yep. Schreiber's voice... Mm-hmm. I knew that that was the trans character. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, well, yeah. yeah, that's the trans of character. And of course, mm-hmm. there it was. Yeah. I th- and I thought that was kind of very interesting about, you know, uh, heteronormative feminization of voices, mm. if that is not too heady of me No, to I say. got you. You yeah. know, like, it just, it, it was so, it felt so familiar as like, wow, yeah. I've heard so many cis het white guys use that voice to talk like even just in conversations you know you'll be talking to people and they'll you know say oh well I was talking to this person you know and they just started talking like this you know and that like it just it gets I'm, just like, I'm southern so that's why that came out yeah. but, um, <laughs> but uh, it was just so ugh, it, ugh that's that's all it was just that feeling of ugh mm. also speaking of voices I want to talk about Adam Sandler <laughs> um I want to talk okay, about Adam so Sandler like, yeah that's a Okay. As a child, uh-huh. I loved Adam Sandler. There are a few Adam Sandler movies that I will defend that I think are hilarious. Fantastic. This is not one of them. <laughs> and this whole voice that he puts on, he's he's making fun of of mentally of of handicapped people, right? There's right? I that's, assume so. I could again, never that's I... the thing is I could never tell if that's what he was doing or if he was <laughs> just putting on a voice. But see, that's how also, I can't help but see it. This is I've also... seen him use that voice before. Right, because he yeah. uses it's a character he I think he created on um, SNL, and then he uses every now and then. And I'm but, always trying to figure it out: is he making fun of, of mentally handicapped people, saying, you know, or is why it? Why did you use this voice for a film called Mixed Nuts? Right. Mm. When also the fact that the only person who falls in love with and sees the trans person as a human is a person who possibly is mentally handicapped, which there's and nothing wrong with that. But the fact that that's the only person who can see her as a person. Mm. Especially from a '90s narrative, it's like, right. mm, it's like we know cool, what you're going for. Great. We know what like, you're trying the, to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. It was. Yeah, I agree with that. I, like, there were so many, there were so many moments <laughs> of this film of just like, why are we doing this about men, like <laughs> mental health? Like, oh my god. Can we, can we, as a society, make a collective decision that there's just no need for it anymore? We mm. don't need to do it. It's I just would never so. funny. No, it, it's like, not. It's just not. I, I, yeah, that's <laughs> it. It's just not funny. It's mm. so, like, uh, yeah. Like, I, the, and I, I also actually speaking of the title because I was sitting with a title for a while of mm. like. The line about um, Philip, who was uh, Steve Martin's character, yeah. right? Mm. Um, his, if I remember correctly, his father God. was killed by a truck full of mixed nuts, right? right? Mm-hmm. That ran him over. It's the only time they mention mixed One, nuts. The cheapest, the cheapest way to legitimize a title, right? Um, <laughs> honestly, and when he was delivering that line, Steve Martin might as well have just looked into the camera and, and said, said mixed, "Mixed nuts." Yeah. Wink, wink. Back to <laughs> or he could have looked in the camera and said, "I've given up on my career." <laughs> One of the two. <clears throat> uh, it was, yeah, it was. I didn't understand. Like, well, mm. oh, there are a lot of characters, and they're all kind of like zany and wacky, mm. you know. But like, was that it? Was that was that the the the, the, yeah, the I, joke? 
thought so. I thought Mixed Nuts was like, oh, all these nutty people thrown into the same situation. Let's yeah. all laugh at how crazy they are. Yeah, and the cause it's, it's based on a novel, and I didn't get a chance to. What? Do it. <laughs> it's based on a novel. <laughs> well, let me quadruple check if it's a novel. It might be an Whoa! already existing French script, but uh, in the beginning it said, and I didn't realize this, but it was uh, it said based on. I think it said oh, based on the novel. I didn't even see that. Uh, something French. Uh, you know what? Let's let's it just happens. play the beginning. Let's do oh, that. Boy. Yeah. Oh, what a joy. <laughs> <laughs> So happy to revisit. We'll, we'll get to moment. see the, the Black Choir. We'll get to oh, see all the, we'll get to see all the people who are in this time. movie. Yay, my yeah. people, finally. Oh, babe. Juliet Lewis. There it is. <laughs> and you two noticed Jon Stewart, right? No, I had no, no idea until you said it. He was the rollerblading man. Bless. Huh. No oh, yeah. And Bless. I only knew. This moment. What's oh, yeah. happening? What's the the wise men? Ah, it, but why? Their faces looked like it looked like a Dia de, de, yeah. de los Muertos faces. Oh, I didn't, that doesn't make any sense. It no. was strange. <laughs> Actually, yeah. What's with oh, all of the wait a random? Minute. Oh, John Stewart. John Stewart, there he is. Oh, yeah. And there, there are my people. Oh, yeah. We Black did people. it. We did it. We filled our quota, everyone. We yeah. Overfilled it. <laughs> Jesus. Music by George Fenton. Really? Okay. Well, I guess he arranged it. Or like. I have no idea who that is, but still. Here we go. Uh, oh, Le Père Noël uh, et une The Father order. Christmas is, um, is one order. Order? Or, no, order? I think order is like... I don't know like, that word. That's on. one I did We're not learn in high school. Hey, you know what we've got? A computer. Whoa, internet! <laughs> For our yeah. listeners in France. Please, yeah, I know, don't, uh, please don't be offended. I know a few of those words. We, we have <laughs> reached a number of language. people in Germany, I Have we out. really? Yeah, yeah this <laughs> is... Oh, oh yeah. Amazing. We're, like we're, the Germans. We are quite popular with three people in Germany. hey Amazing. Ugh, shout out to y'all. Uh, so I'm just going to type this in. Santa Claus is a stinker. That's what yeah, Wikipedia tells me. Yeah, that's what Le Père, no yeah. Le Père Noël is Father Christmas, Honestly, which is what, who we call Santa Claus. A better title? But wait, yeah, like so the, the description of this I for know, the French completely one, different from the film. <laughs> a man dressed as Father Christmas attends a crazy holiday party at a suicide hotline office. I would watch that movie. Uh, that's a that's much more interesting. interesting. That's That'd be a much exactly more interesting what I was movie. Saying. And you know what? That's a good one-sentence description. <laughs> right. Let's take a look at what uh, one-sentence description we can Google for oh, mixed no. nuts. Lord. Not mice. So mixed scared. Nuts. <laughs> Okay. Oh, oh it's not it's like even seven. one sentence. Oh my god. Or maybe it's a run on. Nope, there's a period. Oh. Um, Philip, Steve Martin, manages a suicide prevention hotline called Lifesavers, assisted by Mrs. Munchnik, Madeline Kahn, the talent, and <laughs> Catherine, Rita Wilson. On Christmas Eve, Philip learns that their landlord, Gary Shandling, Hail Hydra, is evicting them from their office. Amid all the unrest, oh Catherine. I'm getting bored reading this yeah, description. This is, it's long. And <laughs> you have to take another break just to get. Just, yeah, <laughs> I'll be back in 12 hours, folks. Right. I'm just gonna Sounds play good. South Park. Stick of truth. Learns and... that their landlord is evicting them from their office. Amid all this unrest, Catherine proclaims her love for Philip. And when a trans. Oh no! Oh, no! Wait, read it. I can't see that far. I don't have glasses. Oh. And when a transvestite. Ah! 
When when a transvestite does what? And a pregnant, a pregnant woman, woman. Oh, Juliet Lewis, enter into the equation. Things get even more interesting. Because a those are the devices that you use really? in movies. You just it's like, hey, yeah. you put together a concoction and then you mix in a, tra- a trans person and, and a, pregnant a pregnant woman lady. and stir vigorously. See and, and Lord, Jesus, mm, mm, mm. wait, waiting. He's in this. Who? Oh, that's, that's, that's that Chris. Is. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Yeah. That changed my entire outlook. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. so for those who are not looking at the <laughs> show, um, Ian just sort of stumbled across who Lieb Schreiber is, <laughs> which is how I do most things in life. But yeah. um, oh wow. Yeah. A couple of people just hanging out talking about things. Well, honestly, this is so much like the movie Mixed Nuts <laughs> because it never seems to come back to itself no. it just it just goes on tangents and that is why you are the host because you brought us right back <laughs> cheers to you thank you <laughs> so um oh man where do we um, go from well, here well back yeah. to the topic of mental health oh yeah let's yeah. talk about uh, mental health again. something that really <laughs> bothered me is mm-hmm. all the jokes about Catherine's panic attacks yeah. as someone who cried three times before noon on monday uh i didn't Did find that, that funny at all mm. her I have gone into the bathtub mm. to calm myself down. That is actually something I've done many times. And so, like, watching her do that just gave me anxiety. I wasn't like, haha, this is so funny. She's having a breakdown. I was like, this is sad. She's mm. having a. She's stressed out. Like, that's me. Like, mm. this is not. And they did it so many times. And, like, when she was having, like, the big panic attack where she was like, I can't breathe. And, like, I was like, this is really uncomfortable. Like, yeah. this doesn't seem to fit at all. Like, this is yeah. serious. Like, like, this isn't funny. Especially for that, like, the, the dangerous, quote-unquote, panic attack at yeah. the, uh, near the end. They did not earn that. No. At all. It really came like, out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, if they had been doing the silly joking, ha, 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 oh, shit, something's real, occasionally, that pulled them back. Because mm-hmm. I feel like all of the danger that's in this is just so unearned. Like, even it Gary Shandling, Hail Hydra, getting shot in the head... Just did not feel like it wasn't like... very climactic at all. Yeah, it was. It, it, I didn't even laugh at it. It was just like, oh, the landlord's on the other end of the door. Like, cool. Now he's dead. This changes the dynamic, but it doesn't. It did. Right. Yeah. It did. did you also pick up on these random moments that she had where she like said that thing of who, who she um, is, who Catherine, Catherine. Okay, Catherine's Thank character. You. She had these random moments of these lines that were. That suddenly completely dropped out of the world. Like she was talking to him, and she's like, "Oh, everything will be fine." And she's like, "I don't, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I've been saying things like this. Nothing comes to him who waits." Yeah. And I was. That was early in the movie too, yes, and I was, was like, mm. "Oh, really? shit!" And there were a couple moments sprinkled out like that. I have one that's written down, but I can't remember the context of it. It's like I never expect help. I think it was from. Um, no, the that pregnant, wasn't her. Was that was woman. no, no, yeah. no. It was Leif Schreiber. I thought. Oh, maybe oh it was. God. But it's like these random lines <laughs> I from, the so. fe- like huh. from the femme of center characters. Mm-hmm. Like mm. they all had these random lines of like, I'm secretly this incredibly desperate and unhappy human being. Mm. And that really struck me as odd. <laughs> you know, I almost, and I, I'm giving the movie too much credit, but I almost feel like because the way that they deal with these potentially suicidal individuals is to just throw random things, like random sayings at them as opposed to listening to them. Right. So I wonder mm-hmm. if maybe that is why they acted this way on film. 
but I don't think that's true at all. <laughs> was anyone else was hoping that they weren't going to open up their suicide hotline again, that they were just going to lose it? Do something anyone else, because yeah, they're, like, they're not really good at this. I really hope they don't get that money. Like, they yeah. suck at this. I yeah. didn't really hope for anything for them, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I was not rooting for them. I, I was waiting no, for I'm... them to all get arrested, yeah. Which... That was a key to me. Yeah. Sitting here at this time of day, and this white woman is <laughs> waving this gun about in front of the police, and nothing happens to her. And I right. said, I said, yeah. oh, well, ain't that just telling? <laughs> and then, and then I have this note down. I can't remember why I wrote this down, but I find it funny that I wrote it down. And I was just like, wow, not even like white cis hetman can rely on the criminal justice system. That yep. sucks. Like, and I, th- I think because of for some reason, like at the end, like they're they being harassed by the police as well. Right. But, like, oh yeah, because he's got a criminal record. Oh, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yes, she was, she was like, oh, just because he has a criminal record, you're gonna yeah. arrest him. Yeah, I was like, that's was like, that's very poignant for nowadays, and very <laughs> telling. The fact that nothing happened. So the only times that I thought, wow, this is actually kind of funny, and I didn't expect this, were when Mits- Mrs. Munchnik, uh, Madeline Kahn, was stuck in the elevator. I love when she was <laughs> playing the song. I was <laughs> dying. Oh my god! With the fucking why was there a synthesizer in the elevator? So like, she was bringing she was bringing presents to family members because she was supposed to go her to dead her husband's dead husband's sister. Uh, and Who was she bringing a synthesizer? Probably, Probably the children. Yeah, like a nephew or something. I don't know. It they sounded didn't like specify. a nice synthesizer. Well, <laughs> in all fairness, my uh, so um, so my older brother has a um, uh, mental disability mm-hmm. and. He likes things that make noise. Sure. And he had one of those. Oh. So, like yeah. So yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, no, it wasn't fancy. Oh, it was okay. like it was literally like four buttons that you would hit oh, with a word, word. drum, and mm-hmm. it would change, and it would just loop. But yeah, you would just like hit it with a, a little mallet, and it would make consistent noise. So oh, seeing word, that, I was like, word. oh my gosh, oh, I remember that. this. That scene was hilarious. Like, oh, oh yeah, that whole the whole elevator mm-hmm. plot. If that had been the whole plot of the movie, oh, I, I would have liked it a lot that. more. Yeah. I, that and they was just keep getting funny. everybody keeps getting stuck in the elevator because yeah. they're trying to get Mrs. Munchnik out and they can't, and then it keeps like <laughs> moving up and down, and they're like, "Oh my god, no, we gotta get I in the elevator." I love Juliet Lewis being completely clueless, and she's like, yeah. "Are you talking to me? What red button?" Like, oh, yeah, god, I yeah, love her. no, no lie, Madeline Kahn rapping in the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> That was all I really needed to get by. You're absolutely right. That could have been the whole movie of just the shenanigans happening at the elevator. And I actually, at first, I was like, oh, this that's kind of a good device. Like, just right. like, cut to, every now and then just cut to clips of Madeline Kahn in the elevator. Like, yeah. that's fabulous. I was hoping she was going to be there the whole movie. I was I like, know, that would have been so was, much yeah. more funny. Ugh, there was just if, not she, if they never Madeline got her Kahn. out. Ugh. Well, and they, they established Always. that the, the older gentleman that she ends up with. Right can fix elevators and i know he's just saying stuff but he's like oh yeah like i can fix elevators what if that's how they bond like or over the fact that he like that he may be like practicing bestiality did you pick up i did when she was like i know what you're doing with those dogs i was like oh why like why are you insinuating that that's so unnecessary and then they run sorry i'm shouting they run onto the beach and like to do it with the dogs that really pissed me off pick up on that that really made me upset i was like he's still holding all these dogs leashes like why couldn't you take them home first and then have sex on the beach like those dogs don't want to see that oh my gosh the idea of animals in a room 
while people are doing things oh, to each other. Mm, like, it's just, my oh, cat's yeah. been... Mm, I was having okay. sex with my partner once, and my <laughs> well, cat, I looked up, and my cat was sitting right there staring at me, and I was like... That, that just, I feel like, for me, that would just be a real... It's real creepy. Ugh. Well, and this... this <laughs> it's a turn-off. The themes that pop up in these this podcast is weird, because this is absolutely a conversation we had with Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Right. So, <laughs> just like, what is it about <laughs> movies that are transphobic that also insinuate people are banging in front of animals? Because like, it's I all a know. perversion. Yeah. <laughs> it's supposedly. All the same! It's, exactly. Um, <laughs> but, uh, hey, 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 Ashley, hey, Ashley, you hey, asked hey, an yeah. question. You asked an interesting question. Yeah. Is, is this film transphobic? <laughs> <laughs> I think, we I think we're getting to that point. About that tra- we haven't talked a lot about the trans folks yet. So, right. trans issues. What do we think? So first off, now we're being told that uh, Liev Schreiber's character is a transvestite. Fantastic. Why don't we unpack that really quick? Well, okay, first. but who can okay. we attribute that to? Is that the person who wrote the summary? Did the people who wrote the movie write that summary? Like, we just read that online. Like, we don't know who called her a transvestite. Mm. Like, they never call her a trans. They never call them a transvestite in mm. the film. Like, to assume that's. I mean, that was just in the summary we read. So. I don't they know never, if that's fair. Yeah, they never really address it one way or another. They never they talk never about her gender. Affirm, yeah, like affirm or deny. Except, except for that mm-hmm. scene about the cape. Someone left her cape. Right. Someone left his cape. Really, Philip? Mm-hmm. Like for me, that was the I didn't affirmation even that she see, should be that identified part. as, <laughs> as um, or that they should be identified as female, or that they mm-hmm. identified them that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I mean, I, I feel like either way, we were supposed to gather that this was an othered person who was actively playing playing quote unquote with gender roles because mm. if you also think about it we never really learned what like why were they calling the suicide hotline did we ever really figure that out all like, she said I was she was lonely yeah, yeah and she like, needed to see someone so it kind of implies that this character is either suicidal because of the way that the family is treating them or simply from the writer's perspective, they'll figure it out. She's trans in some way, right. so she's suicidal. Because, you know, them trans folk just Yeah, I saw it as her themselves. being like, I'm trans, so I have nobody around me, and that's why I'm suicidal. No one right. loves me because I'm trans. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, great, cool, great mm-hmm. narrative. Yeah. <laughs> really, really giving the kids something to look up to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what do we think? Do we mm. think that this film was transphobic? <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think, I don't even know what I think. It's so, it goes back and forth. Because like I said, there Mm. are a lot of like great humanizing moments. But then there are also moments where I'm like, why? This is so unnecessary. Like, this is so stupid. Mm. And like, Steve Martin definitely has, his character himself is transphobic. But like, everyone else in the movie kind of doesn't bother her about her gender. Like, that's something I noticed is they don't, other than Steve Martin, they don't really, like, bother her or question her. They're just kind of like, oh, that's who this person is. Like, cool. I don't know. I don't have a, I don't have a definitive answer for you. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I can't comfortably paint the entire film as transphobic. Right. I can definitely comfortably say that the culture of transphobia that is present in this country is also replicated in this film. Mm. Yes. Um, in very distinct and obvious ways. But 
it kind of felt more like to me that we were just seeing not just that we were seeing this character through the through the very bland image uh, and uh, and lens of a cisgender heteronormative narrative mm. it, like this person was translated through that narrative and therefore their character lacked much substance yeah as far as truly having autonomy in their identity right. you know I, I i feel like there wasn't enough to that character for me to say yes this is a definitively transphobic there is a fear here there is a specific um replication of stereotypes to abuse the trans community that's present in this it was more just that this is a shallow substanceless character in a very shallow substanceless film yeah mm. and so and when you have that kind of narrative and you're talking about serious topics inevitably you're going to have some you're going to have to lean back on some stereotypes and some damaging stereotypes and then sometimes you're actually going to get it right purely by accident hmm. if that makes any kind of sense yeah i think i was honestly more offended by their depiction of mental health than I was Absolutely. of the trans character. Like, Absolutely. I think th- those instances were far more offensive than anything with uh, Chris. Because once again, like, as as strange as that, as that relationship felt, mm-hmm. not was, but just felt, there was something very tense. Like, even, like, when, when uh, Adam Sandler was singing the song to it Chris. It was really cute. There was something that was actually, like, kind of touching about it. They it had a like, connection. Mm-hmm. These yeah. characters actually connected with each other for the first time in this whole stupid film yeah and it was i honestly believe it was so interesting to see that scene juxtaposed to the, the sex scene between steve martin character and Catherine. and Catherine. yeah I, I i honestly believed the intimacy between these two characters much more than i did between them oh yeah that is quite a feat that Adam Sandler was able to show a connection with anyone. Hey, hey, no, 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 no. Hey. Because <laughs> I, I will defend Happy Gilmore I love Happy and Gilmore. Uh, Billy Madison. Billy Madison is great. Eight Crazy Nights is great. I disagree, but that's okay. Oh, I disagree. But that's okay. It's classic, <laughs> classic. Adam Sandler showing any emotion and any his, connection not his, uh, his is quite a thing. And I think most of that is because Liev Schreiber is wonderful. Agreed. <laughs> oh, Liev Schreiber definitely carries it. Right. Liev like, Schreiber should Liev not Schreiber play a trans woman, but no. Liev Schreiber is wonderful. Yes. He, he, he did bring a lot of humanity Mm-hmm. As much as a cis actor can bring humanity to a trans character, I think he did a pretty good job. And considering the terrible material he was working also with, also that he, he did it. <laughs> yeah. So I think that this is a Christmas miracle, <laughs> because I also can't fully say that I think this was transphobic. I think that, like you pointed out, Ian, it reflects a lot of the issues of its time that people had with understanding trans issues, but in no way other than, like, it it kept going back and forth, but it relied on a lot of the stereotypes that you expected, uh, and then it subverted a lot of other ones in a little way that gave you a little bit of, like, a nugget of something nice. So, and I want to share a thought that just came through my head, mm. as I often do in my life. Um, but I, I was thinking about you know, as you were speaking, I was thinking about okay, well, what about the fact that you know they enacted this act of violence on a trans body, mm. and and I'm not saying that this was a healthy choice or a good choice. I want to preface that, mm. but it is interesting that that device was 
almost used to bring two characters closer together. Mm. Yeah. Rather than rather than a dismissal or a disposal of this body, it was almost a way to bring these two characters together, which is not to say mm. that we should encourage or legitimize moments of, you know, enacting violence and linking that to romantic affection and connection. Right. But I did think it was interesting that, you know, we see this trans character get shot and then we see their as I read it, their future partner, or mm-hmm. in some in some capacity, come like that. The, that being a moment of bringing them together and making them stronger, mm. and 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 it seemed that both of their characters be- that both of their characters benefited from that connection rather than you know us viewing um, the trans character as like you know oh I'm finally legitimate because <laughs> a cis person sees me, <laughs> but rather that this cis person has finally found someone who wants to listen to their song. Yeah, mm. I was like that's kind of beautiful in a weird odd yeah. way but that's nice you know huh. so, so yeah to further that point i do think that i don't think we can say overarchingly that this film is transphobic i mean anyone can do what they want to do but <laughs> I, right. I i i find it difficult to to say that because it, it seems that they were this character was truly treated as one of the characters not right. as a as not as a device and also uh chris's character the reason that she got sh- or they got shot was because they... They were trying to protect everyone else. Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, also speaks Which is, to the yeah. idea that, you know, trans, the marginalized bodies must be sacrificed to right. protect right. the, right. the, yeah, the yeah, validity yeah. of other bodies. But even it, within that, it's like, it's nice that that device was circumvented in a way. Like, utilized, sure. because we live in a problematic society, but also <laughs> circumvented in the way that we, we're treating this person as deserving of love and being seen and being visible, which is something that we really don't see a lot. I, I, I was I was pleased that they showed a character who was not not being not trying to manipulate anyone into thinking that she was anything other than who she, that they were anything other than who they were. Right. And that they that that we saw a trans character walking around in the light of day. Mm. And I found that were kind of refreshing, you know? Yeah. Re- I mean, yeah, just, it was nice to see a trans character who was walking around in the light of day and that it was not, that, like, their walking around in the light of day was not treated as this, this massive, what, what is this? What could possibly, how could you possibly be seen and, like, mm-hmm. cared for and, like, seen as valid, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that was interesting. It was nice to see that Chris wasn't treated as, like, a freak and that she mm-hmm. was just as, quote-unquote, crazy as all the other characters in the film. Right. They weren't tokenized or used constantly as the butt of the joke because all the characters at some point are used as the butt of the joke, and I don't think Chris was used really any more than the other characters. Yeah, she was equal. Yeah, yeah. She was made fun of as much as everyone else. Right. <laughs> right. Great. So, um, I feel like because I know that we're winding down, but we haven't brought up, hey, dickheads! Oh, it was so beautiful. And I just, I want to make sure that we, even if it's just to say, hey, we need to talk about it, <laughs> I, I love Madeline Kahn screaming in a way that only she can, hey, dickheads, it was because, beautiful. especially Gorgeous. because you forgot that she was still stuck in the yeah. elevator, <laughs> she's like, she's giving them ways to get her out, like, okay, uh... go, go to the toolkit, there should be an, um, an earthquake emergency <laughs> kit, there's gonna be a screwdriver, just get the screwdriver, get me out. 
And then he goes and like in. Ten and ten minutes pass. And Steve Martin's character is like, you know, just like, well, should we keep it because of earthquakes? She's like, get it! <laughs> <That's> <laughs> good. And then yeah, like uh, I, I forget what distracts them, but like ten minutes goes by, yeah. and all of a sudden <laughs> they're still like mid conversation about something, and hey, hey. dickheads! <laughs> so, so good. Coming, Mrs. Much. <laughs> oh, speaking of that, mm. I, 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 I know that I circumvented the conversation, but um, mm. can can we talk a little bit about Catherine's character? Yeah. And because I just... What? <laughs> <laughs> um, I just, specifically? Do, do you mean just was, because she's utterly forgettable? or utter, That, and also the fact that it's like, she she's this like doe-eyed, delicate... <sighs> vision of misogyny mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden randomly um oh i nicknamed her prego and i can't remember her character juliet lewis juliet but i can't lewis. remember her yeah, I have yeah no yeah. idea what her um, gracie. Juli- grace gracie gracie, gracie. okay mm-hmm. oh, fine we'll take uh-huh. her pretty sure don't judge us sure. it's wrong juliet lewis um, <laughs> that that uh that Gracie just like takes her under her wing mm-hmm. and makes her up, and all of a sudden she has this like pretty woman like dress on, and she's walking back, and all of yeah. a sudden she's seen as valid. And I was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah. What and also? Like, oh, I'm sorry. Her character just seems so odd to me. What mm. also pissed me off is that she was obviously in love with Stephen in the beginning, and then in the middle she's like, "No, fuck that." But she still ends up with a jerk. And it's mm. like, why did she do that? He's still an asshole throughout this whole movie. She realizes it, but the minute he thinks she's hot, she's like, just kidding, let's have sex, LOL. And I'm like, that really, I'm sorry, that really pissed me off. Why did she end up with a jerk? Yeah, because especially, like, the, it sounded like she was pushing this really good metaphor for a person that doesn't connect with people the idea right. of yes. you connect with people on the phone but you can't do it in real life mm-hmm. like that this, was like, such a great line yeah, yeah. like that, that was a powerful line in this so beautiful this shit fruitcake <laughs> of a movie and fruitcake why did the fruitcake come, keep coming back was there a point fruitcake. to that okay or so, was it just a christmas joke it was yes yeah was like, there, was, i was trying to see if there was a reason or a metaphor but i don't think there was it's a device I mean, of like every film about christmas yeah i have never gotten a fruitcake in my life i'm glad i've I never do, gotten a fruitcake they never look so appetizing one. like they don't look horrible they look pretty gross i don't want I mean, fruit look, anywhere near my cake great. like i'm not sitting there saying well, like hey i want to go out and buy a fruit. fruitcake now but i've seen them sitting places and i'm like that's a fruitcake oh because sure. i've just seen so many christmas things where they're like fruitcake oh, oh i gotta gross, take a huh? hammer and chisel to this huh Ooh. maybe you've seen like gourmet fruitcakes i've seen some nasty yeah. looking fruitcakes <laughs> yeah, i've seen some pretty nasty looking fruitcakes <laughs> like, like, uh, if you know what i'm saying mm. um, <laughs> i don't know why i don't know what <laughs> you're saying <laughs> i don't um, but i sorry i cut you no. off about the fruitcake yeah, no worries. But that, that that was basically my point on that. Oh, but uh, and you know it was definitely used as a device right. to keep Mrs. Munchnik from going places. But it was just like, what? I, eh, okay. Yeah. 
Why don't you just keep her in the elevator? It like, would really? have been that would have been so, so much funnier. Much like, funnier. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if throughout, if they kept like everything else happening, plus she's still in the elevator. Yeah. Oh my god, this movie would have been hilarious. Just, shot, just random shots of her face, just, just like, like in dead the elevator. Of the camera with her Madeline Kahnness yeah. being Madeline Kahn. I mean, in general, just Madeline Kahn is wonderful. Right. I feel like we all have like chosen our character that we're like the write or die for. <laughs> like, like no, um, this is the real Madeline character Kahn. you need to love. Um, Speaking of favorite characters, was anyone else concerned about Juliet Lewis's premature baby? Because they, they say she was like, "Oh, you're about to pop," and she's like, "No, I have two months." I'm and then she's she seven months. Yeah. Well, oh, and I, didn't even, like, I didn't even make that connection. Oh my she god. She said she was. She had two months, and she fucking gives birth. And I well, was like. That's a premature baby. Is that baby going to be okay? You're giving birth to it in the middle of the street. Like, it concerned me. The only... And this is even more bullshit put into this. But um, the only reason I kind of think maybe she's lying is because she kind of was lying to her... Her... Her boyfriend, yeah, yeah, her boyfriend. That is she so didn't good look point. nine months pregnant though. They they made That's a joke true. that she was ready to pop, and I was like, she does not look ready to pop. She looks Hollywood nine months pregnant. Yeah, she, no, that, no, and I, not I, even yeah. though because they usually correct. they over exaggerate, and I was like, she looks like five months. She, she doesn't. She didn't pregnancy. even look seven months pregnant to me. The camera adds 10 pounds, so you can't have it but, looking ridiculous. I don't know, yeah. That confused me when they made the joke, and I was like, but she doesn't look that pregnant. Like, <laughs> I've seen some pregnant people. <laughs> like, she was not that pregnant. Like, she was pregnant, but, like, she did not look like she was ready to pop. Right. I was really... But I'm glad that you brought that up, because I thought that was very interesting that they're like, um, so you've been in prison for seven months, and your wife is about to give birth. Who's hmm. daddy? And I thought that was very mm. interesting. Mm-hmm. It raised some questions for me about her character. Well, and especially if he's only never been explored, in... but yeah. Wait, had he just gotten out of jail? I thought yeah. they were just insinuating mm-hmm. he had. Oh, I didn't get that. Well, he... if he's been in for seven months, then she could potentially be seven months pregnant, or she. But they could would have be had to have months. had sex like right before he went yeah, to jail. Yeah, like. Hey, they're coming for me, baby. We just got to do this now. Let's go. Oh, I don't have any condoms. They're coming for me. We got to do this. (laughs) They're coming and I need to come. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's how that went down. That's really how babies are made, right? That's what I was told. Right. I don't know. Before the cops get there? I don't know nothing about birth and no babies. Uh Oh. And there it is. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Uh. I hate myself. (laughs) It's okay. Uh, Can we also talk about Madeline Kahn peeing in front of everyone? Oh, my God, I forgot that. <laughs> yes, I've done so. that so many times. Oh, Madeline <laughs> She's like, She really needed to pee. She gets by the... And I love how they, like, move the camera over, and she's just got a towel over I'm her just, so that they can't just, see. I also liked the juxtaposition of... of... Juliet Lewis in the bathroom and her like banging on the door and yes. Juliet Lewis and then she's eventually just like oh my god calm down like yeah. I thought that was funny yeah, yeah it was great <laughs> cool so now we're at the point because I know that the podcast isn't called is it transphobic and enjoyable <laughs> but that's how we do this it's Yay. you know it's like what do you think like did you enjoy it no it was a really <laughs> bad movie it wasn't funny like mm. Yeah, I think a few of the actors gave good performances with what they were given, but as a movie, it was shitty. It was not fun to watch. It, as you said earlier, it felt like a chore. Like it felt like something I had to do. I did not have a good time watching it. 
Yeah. Um, it's funny because I've really enjoyed talking about it. Yes, <laughs> yes. So I'm like, oh, this film was great. And then I'm remembering, oh, wait, no, watching it was like, just dreadful. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think, you know, watching Madeline Kahn is always a delight to me. Mm-hmm. And so she was wonderful. Beyond that, yeah, I think the, I think the film was just kind of... Bad. Kind of a snooze. Sorry, mm. is it transphobic audience? I really wish that we could recommend this film to you. No, um, you're not missing out. You're welcome no. to like watch it and then I guess listen along to the podcast. <laughs> maybe on maybe on on mute. Maybe you can watch the movie on mute and then you could just listen to the podcast as you watch. Like, oh, that's what they're talking about. I, I'd <laughs> rather they just play video games and listen to this. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's because that's what I would rather. You don't waste your time watching yeah. this movie. Yeah. Like, don't don't even bother. Don't bother. But... I, I tried. Sorry. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> but at the same time. Like it's it's interesting that we were able to find that it wasn't that bad as far as yeah. representation. It wasn't good, but it was like no. it wasn't that bad, right? As far as representation, it's just too bad that it was in this shit movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I mean, that's so even, true. Not even too bad though. I mean, I think that there, you know, to merely accomplish creating a character that's not offensive should not be like the measure of like, oh, go see this film because there's not an offensive <laughs> character in it. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I I feel like we can ask for more <laughs> from from filmmakers. I think yeah. we can demand a little bit more than that. Yeah. Maybe have trans actors actually playing trans characters. What? what? OMG, thought. that's crazy. That's Why would you wild. do that? Weird. That's so crazy. Ugh, who would do that? Hmm. So um, strange. But yeah, I think I think that it I. I I think that it's it makes a lot of sense that we can have you know a film that yeah it, great it's not transphobic it's also not entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> so, you win some, you lose some, you know, right, right, right. or you, you know. lose a lot of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so, any last thoughts? Anything else you want to get out before we end the episode? Good. We touched on everything? Okay. I think so. All right. Uh, in that case, where can people find you if you want them to? Uh, Twitters, Facebooks, things like that. Uh, if you are so inclined, you can check out my Instagram at BearThePunk. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> if you are so inclined, you can find me at, at the free activist, the free actor fist, all put together. And then hopefully um, my website will be forthcoming, but it's been forthcoming for the past, oh, six months. So, <laughs> you know, we all have our journey. But if you follow me on Instagram, I'll make sure to post my website when it's out. Fantastic. Uh, and you can find me at ashleyrogersplays.com as well as ashleylaurenrogers.com. Uh, and if you want to find me on Twitter, you can do that at Lucretia Deer for L U C R E T I A D E A R four. Uh, this has been our episode. Uh, parting messages. Something holiday e. Um, what are what do you wish for for the new year? To get through a day without crying. (laughs) That would be a miracle. (laughs) See, that is the tone that this movie should have had. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say uh, I want some liberation. I want to get my negative free. And then I want to see some good characters that tell a full story. Awesome. I would like to watch something that's actually substantial. <laughs> so, that's that... for it in the new year. That's yeah. what we're going to do. 
Just nothing but good shit. <laughs> and maybe Dr. Jekyll and Sister Hyde. Ooh. <laughs> Which I just found out about. Wait a minute. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, this is uh this is uh seventies like horror slasher type flick about a man named Dr. Jekyll who finds out that using female hormones will make him live forever so he does so which turns him into a woman named Hyde who then murders women to take their hormones I don't quite <laughs> know how I'm supposed to feel about that <laughs> Anyway, so if you want so, to hey. see me and Ashley's uh, play, I forgot to mention that. Uh, Procreation comes out, along with many of other Ashley's 1X, uh, near the end of the month. And yeah. you can see this this one in it. So come on through, folks. It'll be good. It'll be some good stuff. Avoid Dr. Jekyll and Sister Hyde and see this. Absolutely. <laughs> Give your ducats to the right people. Awesome. All right. Thank you. Is It Transphobic was produced, edited, and coordinated by Ashley Lauren Rogers. The Is It Transphobic logo was created by Phoenix Sweeney, and you can see more of their work at tinylionroars.github.io. The original music you heard was all created by Vivian Aladrin, who you can find on Bandcamp at vivianaladrin.bandcamp.com.